Welcome to the Rising Phoenix podcast with your hosts, Lauren and Sam. We're all about vulnerability, connection, and authenticity. Join us on our journey on calling out the BS and getting into real talk. Welcome to the Rising Phoenix podcast. Today's episode is going to be about dating and the struggles of dating in your 30s or late 20s. Uh, A lot of people I know have struggled over the years with meeting the same type of person, not understanding why they're attracting the same type of person. So if you feel like you are in this same boat, this episode is for you. You may also notice that today's episode is going to be slightly different because Lauren is not joining me today. Lauren has been really busy building her brand, as you know, and and her business, and she has taken on a lot this week. So because there's so much on her plate, um, she's told me that I could go solo this week. And I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to discuss something that I can relate to Lauren can't because she is married. So um, it it makes sense for me to do an episode like this while she's off. And we did do a similar episode last season, relationships in the 21st century. So you did get an idea of my journey back then and what I've been through. But I thought I would go into what I've learned over the last few months and Um, I have like so many things that I wanted to talk about on this episode because I know it will help a lot of people. So I will go into my history and what I've been through. And I know some of you already know this. So if you want to skip forward, you can, that's fine. Uh, But I'll just go into it so you have an understanding of where I'm coming from. So my first significant relationship was when I was 20 years old. And that was my four-year relationship. And I refer to this relationship a lot because it was, in my eyes, the catalyst towards my healing journey. It was the relationship that I needed to have in order to... I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here, basically, if I, I wasn't in this relationship, put it that way. And I wouldn't be able to help other people recognize... Um, these types of relationships that they could be in or how it has affected you after being out of that relationship for so long. So for me, I I haven't, I mean, we, we broke up over nine years ago and I've dedicated the last few years to really healing myself, but it's only recently that I realized there was still so much healing that I haven't done. And I've really been researching and following different Instagram accounts and really trying to understand the psychology behind why we attract the same type of things into our lives and the same type of men or women, for example. And this relationship, although when I think about it, I still feel somewhat triggered um, because it was difficult, but it had a good, it's good moments. But sometimes there are things that occur now. And I real I recognize that there is definitely, there are definitely things that I need to work on when they come up for me. 
and that occurred in that particular relationship. However, if you want to go further back, um, a lot of my issues did start when I was young. So my father passed away when I was 14. And as you know, um, the loss of a parent can cause issues with relationships with that person, you know, like, like that or males, for example. So if it's a, a father figure, uh, you may have difficulty in relationships with men. And if it's a mother f- figure, same thing. Um, basically for me, losing my dad suddenly was very difficult, um, because I had developed a fear of abandonment. But prior to that, I also had some difficulties with our relationship. Now we did get along, but dad was not always around. And I think that that rejection in a way, that's what it felt like. It stuck with me throughout the years. And it wasn't until recently that I'd recognized this. So remembering when he was never around, um, you know, sometimes we'd come when it suited him and he would, um, I would call him. I remember trying to contact him and he would never pick up the phone or he would never get back to me. And I'd always be so upset and frustrated. And I remember just before he passed away, I remember trying to call him and he said, Oh, I'll meet you next week. And with my dad, I remember him being, he wasn't always the most reliable person. That's just my memory. And it's funny because I find that I tend to attract these unreliable types. So clearly there's a lot of healing that I've needed to do um, in regards to that. But I remember calling him and I think it would have been maybe the day before he passed away. And he said we were going to go have something to eat or it could even be the day that he passed away. We were going to go out and he said, I'll promise you we'll go out to eat something. And um, he didn't answer. And I remember feeling really upset because I was like, oh, he told me we were going to eat. And then he passed away. And it was really, it was an accident. So it was, it was quite hard for me, obviously. And I didn't realize that it stuck with me. And what had happened as a result of that is um, I would start, I, I guess once he passed away, I started, and I started dating, well, I don't know if you call it dating as a teenager, but I started meeting guys and I'd go from one guy to the next, to the next, to the next, because it filled a void for me. Because at that age, you don't understand anything about healing. You don't understand why you are constantly chasing affection and love from males. You don't know why you do things. You just do them. And there were band-aid solutions at that point in time. So that was hard. And then I met this guy at the age of 20 and I felt that he had that stability that I was craving. And I didn't have that within myself because I'd been so depressed after my dad passed away. And I think that when I met him, um, being the type of personality that he was, it was like, he had this almost like it was like the dad-like tendencies. It sounds really strange and weird because I didn't really want to date my dad, but I think I was subconsciously looking for him through men, other men and relationships. So I finally felt like I had that stability that I craved so much, but then I became dependent on him. And then his narcissistic tendencies. I, I don't know if he was a full-blown narcissist, but a lot of the things that had occurred indicate that he was, but can't confirm obviously, cause I never had a diagnosis, but based on what I experienced, 
that seemed to be the case. Um, and I think that was a really difficult period because I didn't realize that he had somehow managed to isolate me from my friends and my family. So that was really hard for me. Um, at that point in time. And then when I came out of the relationship, I felt like I lost myself. I felt like I had no sense of identity. I had no idea who I was, what I wanted, where I was going. And that was really difficult for me. So I had started to rebuild my relationships. I had to rebuild my relationships with my own family and I had to make new friends and I had to establish who I was and um, I have definitely grown since then a lot and I've I've um, definitely figured out or starting to figure out who I am. There are times where I'm like, oh, am I this person this year? I don't know. I like to, to constantly evolve, but um, I'm definitely more me than I have ever been. And since then, I definitely had my fair share of... Um, I guess I would call them temporary people and um, the temporary people to me were stepping stones. And um, I may have mentioned it earlier, relationships are like a mirror and they show us parts of ourselves that need to be healed. They show us things that we may not be recognizing in ourselves. And that is what relationships are all about. And that's why I'm so dedicating, dedicated to the healing journey. Uh, so I can be the best person I can be for somebody. And I can also attract my perfect person. And I want to share with you things that I have been learning. And I know that if you are in a similar situation, you may have been in um, a very negative relationship, whether that was with your caretaker or parent or with a person in the past and it's really um, scarred you, there, there is a silver lining in it all, okay? And I've done so much research on this and I find it so interesting and that there are some amazing people that you can talk to. Um, there are Instagram accounts that I'm like absolutely obsessed with and I'm going to go through all of that today, but do your research um, and seek the help that you need because it's going to change your world. And I'm still on this journey. So they say healing is not a destination. It's a journey. So you're going to come up with things and my dating life isn't the most perfect, but I'm self-aware and I'm aware of my triggers and I'm aware of why I'm attracting certain types of people into my life. So I'll get started about things that could be affecting um, you in terms of dating and me as well. <laughs> um, but number one thing is the childhood wounds, which I did mention. So in my case, um, I struggle because I tend to attract the emotionally unavailable types. And I've always seen it as a form of rejection and I take it very personally. And as you know, uh, I had that kind of relationship with my father and losing him suddenly didn't help either. So uh, I had the fear of abandonment. I had that fear that they were going to leave because I always thought, oh my gosh, there must be something wrong with me. If they don't want to call me, it means that they're going to go. So there was always that like trigger for me with, with men. And 
That's my childhood wound. You may not have had a positive relationship with a parent or a caretaker growing up. So sometimes what we tend to do is we reenact these relationships to try to get this breakthrough that we never had as a child or when we were younger. And we're constantly trying to attract it because we want the breakthrough to happen. But we need to understand that we need to do the healing within because you're constantly going to have the same types of people coming into your life. And until you've done the healing that you need to do, then you're going to have the same thing happen. It's like the the law of attraction. We talk about the manifestation and your subconscious mind and whatever's going on in your subconscious mind is creating that, that reality for you. So in your subconscious mind, you still you're still holding on to the past. You're still holding on to those negative relationships that you had as a child, or you're still holding on to the pain. And you feel like you, you tend to go for what feels normal and right for you. So perhaps you um, grew up seeing toxic relationship, like between your parents and you feel like that's normal because we tend to seek comfort. Um, even as adults, we tend to seek what's comfortable for us. So for if, if our upbringing uh, was chaotic, we would tend to be drawn to the chaos of the world until we've healed and understand that that is not, that's actually not normal. That's actually not right. And unless that's your kind of thing, then go for it. But um, in my opinion uh, and most people's opinion, it's not right. So there is a lot of healing that needs to be done if that is the case. Now, The other thing that could be causing issues when it comes to dating is that you are still healing. And like I said before, healing is a journey, not a destination. So you may be still on that journey. And when you're healing, it can, and when you're really dedicated to it, it can really bring some stuff up from the past. So, you know, you may be attracting people for that reason because they're there to show you what needs to be healed. So, Sometimes, you know, if you've ever met someone and say, you know, you felt like you had this amazing connection with this person, but it just didn't work out for whatever reason. And you're constantly questioning yourself and you're like, why did I meet this person? Like, what was the point? And you're holding on to them because you felt this connection. But what you didn't realize was, I don't know, I can't explain it. But I feel like it's almost like the universe's way of saying this person was sent to you or God sent that person to you to show you where you need to heal, to maybe make you understand something and that will help you on your journey. So again, I would call them stepping stones because they're part of your journey and you thank them and you let them go. And that's really hard to do because I'm telling you now as someone who wears her heart on her sleeve and that's someone who has probably attached a little bit, um, too much in terms of the emotional side of things. Um, I have struggled. I really have, but there is that silver lining and you need to ask yourself, what has that person taught me or what are they teaching me? And this can give you the key to focusing on what you need to heal in order to move forward and attract a healthy relationship into your life with your perfect person. The other thing, um, that a lot of people do, and I see this so often, is you lack boundaries and standards. Now, um, 
I have mentioned on another podcast, uh, a page that I love. Ginger Dean is a psychotherapist in America, and she runs a page on Instagram and Facebook called Loving Me After Week. And I read a lot of her stuff. So a lot of this healing has been thanks to her. Um, so thank you. And from there, I've sort of found other accounts which have really helped me. But this has been really like the main one that has got made me go, oh my gosh, like she's really speaking to me. And yeah, some of her posts do trigger you. So if you um, want to learn a little bit more about that and why you do the things you do in relationships, follow her. Um, I will tag on Instagram. Now, she mentions um, if you lack boundaries and standards, uh, you are going to have some problems. Okay, so firstly, boundaries um, ensure that you're not going to be used or manipulated in any way. If you don't have firm boundaries from day dot, you're going to have some problems. Okay, boundaries, um, for example, I'll give you a list of boundaries and this might help. So um, a boundary could be I will not date married or attached people. Okay, so if you know that person is married or attached, that's a no-go zone for you. That's it. Cross the line. Sorry, I can't have you in my life. You've set that boundary and that's that. And you need to be firm with your boundaries too. Um, It could be clear and respectful communication is important. If you are not having clear and respectful communication, you say that you will not engage in any conversation with that person unless that's what it's all about. Boundaries could be taking the time to grow the relationship rather than fast tracking it, which a lot of people tend to do. Um, If they're not taking the time and they're not respecting that, then that person needs to go or be told either one. But if they're not um, respecting that, then no go. Standards are the things that you have or need to have present before you agree to entertain someone romantically. Okay. So with standards example, um, they're emotionally and physically healthy and they're all about personal growth. They have a good career and you're allowed to have standards. One thing that I do find frustrating, um, especially when you get to say your thirties or your mid thirties and people are constantly asking you, why haven't you met anyone? Don't, you know, your standards are too high. Don't listen to them. Um, listen to me <laughs> um, and listen to ginger standards are important because if you don't have standards, then you're settling for something that you, you may never be happy with. And I see that really, it's really common in this day and age. You know, people, some people just want to be attached to someone. They feel like if they're not attached to someone that they're failing in life. But I feel like if you are lowering your standards just to say you have someone, I don't think that's any better. So a lot of us are willing to wait. Um, but At the same time, there are other factors. So, you know, they say um, not to overlook someone, say, for example, who you find might be boring. Um, What I have learned as well through Ginger is um, the reason we find emotional security boring is because we may have been raised in a home where, say, you were emotionally neglected. What... That could be the case for me as well. Um, But basically it results in you needing to audition or perform for love and affection. You need to chase love and affection. So when we meet someone who, um, 
who is emotionally secure and there's no toxicity. We struggle with that. We struggle because it's not normal to us. It's not something we've grown up with. So this is where the journey of healing comes into play and you need to really implement that um, in order to understand that someone that's emotionally secure um, is, is not boring. They're actually good for us. So it's all part of the journey. Um, the other thing is we fail to recognize when we are being led on. Now I'm guilty of this, um, because I think there is that fear of rejection once again for me. And I don't take rejection very well. That's my ego. And I'm working on that. Um, but not asking clear questions from day dot. We just sort of go into it and we hope for the best. We just hope that they want the same thing as us. And we continue on this cycle and people can be in the the relationship for eight or nine months. And it's not even a relationship. It's just a situation ship as I call them. And all of a sudden you find that they don't want the same things as you and you've invested all this time and you're like, Oh my gosh. Now, one thing I am trying to understand that rejection is redirection. It truly is though. I mean, how many times do you feel like you've been rejected when you're only being redirected to something much better for you? And that's something that we need to really understand. So the person's not rejecting us, they're redirecting us. Another problem that I find people have is that we lack self-love and um, I've been there and people rely on the love and validation from others or even from like Instagram posts. So instead of relying on ourselves for that validation, we're relying on an external source um, on other people and that's not healthy. When we lack self-love, we tend to attract things that aren't really good for us and we base our self-worth on say the love and validation from another person. And what happens as a result is if we're basing our self-worth on that person's validation, if that makes sense, we will find ourselves disappointed. The expectations are high. That person can't leave us because if they leave us, my self-worth is gone. I don't have self-love. That person has to love me forever. And if they go, the love's gone. And I've seen people like this and I've tried to explain to people that it's actually not a healthy thing. Um, But you'll find there are some people that just think, you know, that that person is their world. And if they left, they die without them. And that to me is like, it's, it's crazy, but it happens. And you just need to remember that it comes from within. Um, You know, you, you do get left disappointed um, when they're not reciprocating that love because basically a lot of, um, and especially women, and I'm sorry to say this, they like to portray themselves as like a ride or die chick. There's this ride or die chick mentality that happens. And I see it a lot and they think it's a way of proving that you care. So they go above and beyond for this person, but that's where they lack their self, their, their boundaries. They're lacking, um, their boundaries and standards and they're putting that person way ahead of their own needs. And that person, and people know, people sense this, um, you know, especially guys, I don't think women realize like they, they, they have it easy when you're like that type of person, you know, you don't have standards. You'll never say no. They always get what they want. You've just made that really easy for them. And 
that's where we need to start recognizing the love within ourselves is most important thing um, and not from another person. Another problem. Oh my goodness. So many things that I've discovered um, on this journey is we prematurely attach or we can. Now, again, um, Ginger Dean has brought this to light. She's actually um, made posts about it. So basically um, she talks about a slow burn. So slow burn romance is actually really healthy. Um, I was in my long-term relationship. I think I was the, I was, it was a prematurely attached, a premature attachment, if that makes sense. Um, and what we tend to do is we start to think early on, oh my gosh, I think that he's the one. And you could be three weeks in and go, oh my God, he's the one. It feels right. We're connected. Um, you know, we've gone through that. Like we've sped things up. Things have gone really quickly. For me, that's a red flag. And I didn't understand that until I started learning about all of this. But she basically states that um, that's like classic example of a forest fire love when you're just rushing things, you're meeting the family, you're planning your future together all within a few weeks. Then all of a sudden that person's gone. Um, she mentions that the early bonding, infatuation, romanticizing, fantasizing, and obsessive behavior is a result of being disconnected from ourselves. Again, comes down to self-love. It comes down to knowing who you are. It comes down to having boundaries and standards. So if we are disconnected from ourselves and we don't understand who we are and what our needs are, We'll just attach ourselves to the first thing that comes along. And it's a projection of, say, your old childhood wounds. And we want to be rescued by this, this guy and or this person. And, and we, we don't know who we are. And we let them because we just think, well, this is the answer to all of our problems. But it's not. And you soon find out and you, you don't need to question why it's gone wrong because you relied on them for your happiness and that validation early on. And you need to recognize that you're better off with a slow burn romance than a raging forest fire. And I really like that analogy. Um, another issue is that we, we blame, we blame them for our problems. Now, I see this a lot women with men and I'm not going to lie. I've been this person before. Um, say we say men are assholes. Okay. This is a problem. So we can't blame a person for causing us grief when we willingly stay. We saw the red flags. We were well aware of those red flags. We decided to overlook the red flags because we thought there was potential. Never look at their potential. Look at them for who they truly are. Recognize the red flags. And don't continue a connection because you think you can change that person. This is the biggest thing. Women think they can change men. And I've been that person before. Okay. I have been that person before. Um, it's, it's hard. It's, it's really difficult because I, how do I say this? I, I've been that person where I thought, okay, um, he's, 
obviously not ready to commit, but I can make him commit to me. If I show him who I am, I show him I can do this and that, then he'll fall in love with me. But at the end of the day, if I don't, if I don't see them for who they are and I continue to stay and I think that I can change this person, I'm the stupid one. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's me. I'm the problem, not them. And we put ourselves through this cycle of questioning ourselves and they've already told us what they want. They've already shown us who they are. So uh, something to think about, something to think about. Um, and the funniest thing, I found this some um, other account, by the way, the Crimson Kiss. Um, she's amazing. She has all these really like cool quotes in regards to things like this. Now, there's one particular quote I'm going to read. And it says, focus less on why he treats you like shit and wishing he would stop and instead focus more on why you are still attracted to and want to be with someone who treats you like shit and doesn't care to stop. Inner work, sis, inner work. So again, we're telling you to do the inner work. We need to focus on what's in within us and we need to heal. And don't think they're going to change, man. Trust me. I've been there, done that. And they don't. Um, now the final thing I want to say, and this is all in regards to, um, again, we've talked about this on a manifestation episode. Um, be careful of these spells that you are casting, right? When I say this, it's the words that you are speaking, the things that you're thinking. Um, for example, there are no good men left or questioning. Why am I still single? What you're doing is you're focusing on the negative and what you focus on grows, as we say. Um, now, again, um, the Crimson Kiss, she basically wrote, like she, she's, she's got this post and I love it. Um, but basically she states um, that you need to be careful about the spells that you're casting over your own life. You need to be intentional. So there are some women are saying, I don't need a man. Okay. But if you truly want to eventually at some point in your life, have a healthy relationship with someone, um, she says, watch your mouth saying, I don't need a man and ending that shit off with a period is basically saying to the universe, just make sure or make, just make all the men pass me by because I don't need none of them for nothing. Okay. But you know, that you do need a man to make it happen. So you need to be intentional and specific. So stop saying, I don't need a man. Okay. You need to focus on what you do want. And you basically state, I do need a man who is emotionally available, secure within and has his own things going for him. A man who's respectful, responsible, wants to be in a monogamous relationship and wants to add to the quality of my life, just like I will add to his this is the type of man I need. Okay. That's an example, but it's specific and to the point. And we need to get specific on what we do want and stop focusing on what we don't want. Stop focusing on the lack because there is an abundance of love and pure love. Okay. So what we've, we've been accustomed to what we think is love is not love. And again, it starts with you. All right. And you know this and it all comes down to really understanding why you're attracting that type of personality, but not entertaining it for too long. If you know that person has those red flags, 
don't stay there. Girl, move on. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting how we're thinking, what we're saying is so powerful in terms of like what we're attracting. And I am not perfect in this sense. I have said things before, but I'm becoming more mindful and I am going to be more specific about what I want to attract. So I'm definitely ready to attract the perfect man for me. He is my person. He is on my level and we are on the same wavelength and he's tall and smells nice. Okay. <laughs> um, and dressed as well. Oh my gosh. I, my standards are very high, aren't they? No, but seriously, I have, I do have a specific type of man in mind and I am going to focus on that. So I will keep you updated. Um, but this is what I've been doing as part of my journey. And it's been really, I wouldn't say easy, <laughs> but it's been very rewarding and to be able to share this with you um, is is really, um, it makes me happy. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and you learned something today. If you did, please share this episode on Instagram, tag the Rising Phoenix podcast and make sure you're following us on Instagram so you can stay up to date on our weekly episodes. But thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Bye.